I've had to like personally deal with, right? Like I'm a striver, I'm an achiever. Like I want to be really successful. But what I found in like my own personal journey and just meeting tons of people, like there's some really wealthy people that are really miserable. And then there's people that make a good living and do good work and support their community. And the dollars are kind of the extra benefit, not the main thing that's driving them. I just want people to feel awesome about themselves. Like, and it was kind of the same mindset I had when I did have a fitness suit of like, I don't care about losing weight. I, I mean, healthy, what does that even mean? Like, there's no like measurable outcome that I want for you as my student. I want you to feel awesome. Hey, welcome to the business of being. My name is Paul Kasmus, and I believe that everyone is on a path in life. Growing up, I always loved stories that involved showing someone's origin. You know, movies like Kill Bill, Batman Begins, Star Wars, and The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. These stories captivated my interest, seeing the growth of the character through their struggles, challenges, and victories along the way. I speak with entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners about their life and business to learn what it takes to be successful and to discover their unique hero's journey. The conversations will enlighten you on the right mindsets for overcoming any obstacle you might face to help guide you on your unique path in business. Shannon Siriano Greenwood is a founder, leader, and community builder who knows the benefits of building her network with meaningful relationships over bountiful connections. As a CEO of the Rebel brand, her work supports working women in creating meaningful connections that will support them both professionally and personally. I feel extremely fortunate to call Shannon a friend. I've known her for years and absolutely love seeing the business and brand and community that she is building. She's a friend, a mentor, a colleague, and truly an inspiration to me and my business and what I'm doing. And I guarantee you will find nothing but pure gold nuggets of wisdom in this conversation with Shannon. She has a lot of great things to share and enjoy this episode with Shannon Siriano Greenwood. For the Rebel brand, it seems like since we last talked, you have, yeah. you're always improving and getting better. So just curious, like where you're at now with that and some of the new stuff that, that I've seen you launch recently. Yeah. Well, you know, COVID changed everything for me because the majority of what we were doing was in-person events. And I like really had stuck my like flag in the ground on that of like, everyone's going online. We're going to keep it real. We're keeping things in person. And that maybe was not the best strategy <laughs> given the state of the world, which no one could have known. But I had to like come to terms with like, what does this community look like if it is online? How do we maintain the integrity of the relationships that we've built? So this year has really been like a year of me completely changing our business model and putting everything online. So now we have the membership community online, which you pay a fee to be a member. And we do events every month from co-working to speaker panels to just networking style events. And we have changed the format of our conference. So it is also online. And we brought the price way down, kind of simplified our backend process so that we could execute it a little bit easier. So that's $99. We do it three times a year. And then the program that we were beta testing at the beginning of 2020 has now grown to become the main revenue driver and the main focus of Rebel. And that's our Swell by Rebel program. So for like online business owners, they might understand that as a mastermind. For executives, they might understand that as a peer group. And for like us layman people who are, you know, in between those two things or might identify with those things, but also other, it's essentially we match you up with like five to six people that are at your similar state of career and life. And it's your sounding board for a year. We meet once a month and you bring whatever you want to the table. So we have different groups running that kind of have different challenges. Some that are executives or high level leaders inside companies and they're trying to figure out how to manage their team through all of the transitions that are going on. We also have business owners that are maybe not online business owners. So think like people in PR, people, photographers, interior designers, we have some makers in that community of just like, there's all these amazing educational opportunities for 
online business owners, but what about the rest of us? So we're really, that was our audience before. We're just figuring out new ways to serve and connect them. You think it's a challenge with those folks to educate them or kind of show them the value of a mastermind? Because I feel like it's usually split. Well, entrepreneurs, online people, freelancers get it. That's the space they're in because they're by themselves. But then if someone's like, well, I work at Capital One, Shannon, how is mm -hmm. this going to help me? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's actually where I am right now in figuring out what our messaging needs to be to get those people to understand what it is. Because when I sit down with someone at Capital One, they get it when I can explain and they can ask me questions and go back and forth. We're still trying to figure out how to get that messaging out into the world in a way that those people are gonna see it and understand what it is. Even some of like my personal friends that are like, hey, I know you, I know you're cool. I kind of want to sign up for your thing, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that doesn't help me. I need you to understand. But I think what's interesting about, you know, using the Capital One example or any large company, women in high levels of leadership still feel isolated. They're still kind of operating the same way as an entrepreneur is in that they're like kind of on their own. They're leading their team. Yes, there's more structure built into like the back end of things, but your like everyday decisions as a leader, there's not a whole lot of support for you. You know, you can go to colleagues and other people, but there's still this kind of, I should know this feeling that makes people uncomfortable to ask. So what we're doing is giving that safe space to ask. And it's really interesting. You know, we have some, like what I would consider insanely successful women in these groups, but they're like, I have to fire someone that's not performing well in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of all these things. Like, I'm just not equipped, like personally, emotionally, how to do this. And like, yeah, I can talk to HR about like, what's the process and procedure, but like, I'm feeling feelings that I need to work through because I also have to keep my, the rest of my team encouraged and motivated and still working when everyone is fatigued. And there's just, a whole new set of circumstances that no leader has had to manage before and they need a place to go to like work through it. They're not necessarily asking the others in the group to tell them what to do. They just need a place of like, I need to talk through this. And like, this is not something I would talk about in therapy. It's not really something I can talk with in HR. I don't really want to talk to my spouse about it. Like, who am I going to talk to about it? And that's really what we're doing for them. I think that's so powerful. And, and I mean, it's needed for just so many folks because it is inherently different based on where someone's, I guess, career mindset and beliefs are located because you could take, you could take like a college grad and put them with like, you know, a 35 year old, but they're like, well, how do you relate to me as where I'm at in particular? And even if, even there could be like, the best advice that they would get just because they're not in a similar, I guess, grouping of, of just beliefs and location and life and experience, it's not going to come across. I've always believed that the person giving the message or the person receiving the message, how much they're going to receive it and, and take it to heart is influenced by who is giving it. And so, yeah, that's why like your parents could tell you something a million times. You're like, whatever, mom and dad. And then your, your, a friend of yours tells it or someone you highly respect tells you the exact same thing. You're like, yeah, I should really do that. Oh, yeah. So. Well, and I'm sure you've had the experience too of you might be, I feel like actually you have a perfect experience of this, right? Like you were leading a business and you figured out how to do it and you like learned a lot on your own, which was awesome. Then when you went to start your second business, you're not a brand new business owner, right? Like you've built all these skills and understanding, but like you are a brand new business owner, right? Like you've never owned a business before. Like being a leader in a business and owning a business are different things. But if you were going to hang out with people to like help you, you wouldn't want to hang out with brand new business owners that have never been a leader before. Like there's, there's also that level of experience that does play a role in how you're able to support other people. Like everyone has a perspective that can help you think about things differently, but we don't just think of professional accomplishments. We also look at personal family structure because the other challenge that I think a lot of women come to the table with is like, 
I'm the leader at my company. Like I'm the highest level other than the, the owner of this company that can be. I also have three kids and I manage my family and I have aging parents that I'm responsible for their care. I just have so many more responsibilities than even this, my equal professionally that has no other personal responsibilities other than themselves just can't relate. And so we look at the holistic person when we're putting them in groups together. We don't match everybody like perfectly with people just like them because that's not valuable either. But we do take a look at that of like, how established are you in the community where you live? Or did you just move here? Like those all play a role in how you're going to be able to find support in your peer group. And that's essentially what, what Swell by Rebel is doing is just it's matching up people based on where they're at in life and professionally and, and giving that support. I think that's amazing. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, we did a lot of research in, in before we were figuring this out. And I talked to a lot of women executives and they kind of all echoed, this, echoed the same sentiment that they're in these peer groups. They're the only woman in a table full of male executives. And they said, even though we may have the same professional challenges, our personal challenges are so different. Like I don't have two hours to listen to some guy talk about this and that and go back and forth. And through his whole process, she's like, I got to go pick up my kids. Like I have other shit to do. Like I have this amount of time to work on this thing. And then I have other things. Whereas the men around the table are like, I literally have all day and no other distractions to think about this problem. So that was something we really took to heart as far as finding people that have similar family structures and their similar role, because it's just going to be different. So when people are, I guess, applying, is that, well, is that the step one, apply? Yeah. I would imagine that intake is getting a lot of information about people for you to be able to make those decisions. The intake is key. And we don't actually have to ask a lot of questions. Like it's not a crazy long questionnaire. Like we figured out pretty quickly like how to match people up and I do the curation of the groups and if someone is applying and I'm like I don't really know where you fit I will have a call with them and then I can figure it out pretty quickly I think my like coaching background does help me in that process of like I can pretty much talk to you for like 15 minutes and figure out like what's the main thing you're struggling with and so it's helpful to have that experience to be able to match people together that I know will be able to support each other. I love that. And so, and how has that been received? You said that started like around a year ago. Yeah. January, 2020 is when we had our first meeting of our first group. Nice. So how, how has that grown in the past year or so? Yeah. So we've, we've run seven groups since then. So the beta group, we ran for six months and then we launched another and have done it twice more. So we're right now in open enrollment and kind of testing the waters of maybe enrollment is always open. If we have enough applicants and we think we can match them, we don't necessarily have to do like an open close situation, but it's gone really well. I will say it's really interesting to see how people are finding it because As I said, I don't think our messaging is perfect yet. I don't think we're exactly saying the thing that our ideal client really needs to hear to make the decision. Most of the applicants are coming through referrals. So people that have been in the group are talking to other people in their network saying like, this has really helped me. And I'm sure that that will play a role in our growth going forward. It is really interesting. So after the first cohort finished, we offered them a renewal if they wanted to join it again because it's a year long program. And we had 25% of the original applicants renew, which I thought was awesome considering when they signed up, this was an in-person come meet around the table offer that we had to completely change to be online. We originally had two facilitators, it went down to one, just a lot changed in that first beta round and still we were able to retain 25% of the members for a whole nother year, which is a significant commitment of time. So I was feeling really good about that. That's awesome. I mean, it's a very impactful thing. I know, I mean. And like ours is not priced 
like many online masterminds are priced, right? Like we are pricing for scale, if I'm totally honest, right? Like I'm not interested in having the $20,000 coaching group. That's just not what we're doing here. I think there is this really unserved market of what I'm calling mid-career women. I don't know if that's like a term, but that's the only thing I can use to describe them of like, these are not entry-level people. They have experience in whatever industry they're in. They've, they know how to network. They know how to do their job. They're really just looking for that like emotional support that they're not getting in the workplace or wherever they need it. And so, you know, our, it's $1,500 for a year. Like it's not an insignificant investment, but we're not getting people in these like $30,000 programs that I know float around the internet and seem very aspirational, but I'm not trying to make people millionaires. I'm trying to make people more satisfied in the lives and careers that they've chosen. They become yeah. a millionaire, so be it. But I think most people would rather have emotional connection and community. Right. And that's something that I've had to like personally deal with, right? Like I'm a striver, I'm an achiever. Like I want to be really successful. But what I found in like my own personal journey and just meeting tons of people, like there's some really wealthy people that are really miserable. There's some really wealthy people that feel they can give their full creative expression. And then there's people that make a good living and do good work and support their community. And the dollars are kind of the extra benefit, not the main thing that's driving them. Yeah, there's no, you know, you could, there's no virtue necessarily based just on career level income. You can be very empty and lonely with all the money in the world. Be like, you know, and think, well, you know, money's not everything, but also you can be lonely and empty, not reaching your career goals and, you know, whatever that may look like. So that, I don't think it really matters I totally agree. Like, it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. If you don't have whatever it is inside of you being fulfilled through connecting with like-minded people. And and I just think, I think that's something that we've lost like in the last year or so, but maybe it's like coming back with a vengeance that that's been my biggest struggle. I'm like, I just don't feel like I'm connected to anything right now. I've lost a sense of adventure, a sense of like strive and growth. But yeah. it's, it's there. And I think that that's what's really needed. It's like, well, my business is better than it's ever been, ever. I mean, and I knew that cut the second go around of, of doing something. I'm like, I know that's not what's going to make, make me happy. And I'm like, sweet, I'm right. like hitting all my goals. Like, am I any happier that I've hit this new milestone than I was the day before? Not in the least. Because, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest mind fucks is like, once you get to where you want to be, you're like, I feel the same, and, and then, <laughs> but then, then where where you where I start to live at, it's like I expect to hit my goals. Like I I don't expect it to be yeah. easy or come overnight, but like so once I hit it, I'm like, yeah, like why? Of course, of course, I got there. Why, Good for why, you. Why You've be been working happy? on mindset, Paul. You've been working on mindset. Oh, big time. Yeah. B- big 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 time. Yeah, um, I'm big. like I don't know if I'll ever hit any of my goals, but. I know I'm doing the things that I need to do to feel supported and connected. So. Yeah. Well, it just makes life easier to live in. Yeah. So I know, I mean, what year is this for you as in Rebel? Year we started in 2017. So okay. almost four years. Man. Well, that's for sure. I mean, let me tell you, when I'm in pity party mode, that number, I don't like it. Right. Like I feel like I should be further ahead than I am four years in. Uh-huh. Right. Like that's definitely something I've I've been working through with my own mindset challenges. But yeah, I mean, the cool thing is we've just we've evolved and we've really learned about our community and we've figured out new ways to serve them. I think that's all any business can ask for. And Are the dollars in the bank where I want them to be? No, but like I said, we completely changed our business model last year. So although our brand is established and has just awesome, a goodwill in the world, the business model is kind of brand new. So we're still testing and figuring out, is this what's gonna work? And 
I have to be okay to be in that place. I mean, I like that place, but sometimes I get that feeling of like, oh, like we should be, we should have figured this out by now. That's my own little inner monologue that I am still working through. <laughs> There's always that inner monologue. You're like, shut up, yeah. like, get out of here. Yeah. No. I mean, deal with that with, I mean, we, you, you brought up mindset. I know that's something we talk yeah. about a lot, but you know, if yeah. we're looking at four years, it's like, it's the challenges of, of a business but the biggest challenges are often like what's going on in your head and trying to get clarity on decisions. You have a million opportunities or ways to take it. And you're like, I gotta, I gotta settle on something and take action. And yeah, yeah there's just a lot to navigate, to get out of your own way and to produce what, what you know, you, you know, produce the vision that you've got in your head for it, which is not easy. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I, I did work with a mindset coach last year, which I'm so grateful that I did because right. The isolation of the pandemic and being a leader and not knowing with clarity, the direction, right. I feel like I always had a clear vision for my team and this year I just didn't like, and I, I feel no shame about that. Like most people didn't like <laughs> the world got weird. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but yeah, I feel like this year I've really just had to work on myself more and the business stuff. I just had to keep it going. Like that that was really my mode this past year, like 2020 of like, I just want to keep going. I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. I don't think anybody else does either. So I just need to work on myself and being okay with that. You know, like the control freak in me hates that. So I had to like work on her and just keep it moving like that's that's really been my mantra it's like keep it moving I'm in this funny place though like now more than ever I know in my soul that the programs that we offer really help people right like I think in the beginning when you're starting and you're testing you're like I mean I think this is going to be cool I think people are going to like it I don't know like I still got to get feedback like you know try some different stuff like I'm not in that place anymore. Like I know what we do is valuable and I've gotten enough feedback and done enough analysis to know like this is a great product and a great service that we're offering people. So now my challenge is really just how do I grow that and how do I do it in a way that makes sense in the environment that we're in now knowing it's going to change again. So I think it's cool to like have a very specific problem that I'm working on in my business versus like, I'm just trying to make it work. Like I'm not trying to make everything work. I know a lot of stuff is working. This is just the thing that I'm working on now. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you, you feel it. You feel it when you hit that groove of like, this works, like it does, it's, it's still challenging, but it's like, you're not having to force something. It's, it seems like you've, you've probably hit that with, with yeah. Well, well, you, you know, I mean, you, with... yeah, with everything, okay. I mean, you've watched like the progression from the very first event, I think like even up to like the day after the first event, I was like, was that even good? Like, did people like that? Like, was that a good experience? Like, I thought it was cool, but like, did other people think it's cool? Like, would people come back? And like, I felt that every conference up until like two conferences ago, right? Like, so like, it took me like seven events to finally be like, yeah, no, like this is good, <laughs> which is, you know, it just is what it is. I think when you're testing, especially an experience, like you just don't know what's going to resonate with people. You have an idea of a vision, but there's no way to test it before you do it. Right. It's not like a product that I can be like, Hey, let me send this to like a few people and see what they think about it. Like all the pieces have to come together for this one day to work well. And you just, there's variables you can't control. So I feel confident enough now of like, I know all the things we need to do to make the experience what people want to have. And that's a nice, a nice place to be, but it took a long time. Well, cause I mean, I feel like you, you knew at, at the very beginning, like you wanted to serve, you want to bring like-minded women, women together. And maybe it wasn't necessarily as defined or clear, but you're you, cause I think, well, I talked a second ago about a vision in your head the hardest thing is getting that vision, not just out there, but first, like being able to clarify it and speak of it. Cause it's almost like it comes from a feeling. You're like, I have a feeling and an idea of what I want this to be. 
now let me put it out. Okay, I put it out in the first conference, maybe it's not quite there, maybe in this offering. But, but I think with each, each time, I mean, I feel like not many people can survive or keep going if they weren't truly passionate about it, like, or truly yeah. aligned with it. Because four years is a long time. Like it's, it's I mean, a short time, but it's also when you're, when you're getting something started, like a year is a long time because you're like, it's Monday. Well, I want this to, I want to accomplish this. And you're like, huh, it's Tuesday. I haven't quite hit the, you know, every day it's just kind of going and going. So I love seeing it. Well, that. you, you said it totally right in that, like, it's a feeling, right? That I was going for from the beginning, right? Like, I'm not in the business of teaching people tactical skills, right? Like, it's not like I can measure, like, I'm going to teach you how to make a table. And then at the end, I look at your table and I know if you made it or not, right? Like, that's not what's happening here. Like, I am trying to make people feel better and more connected and more, I wanted to say empowered. I don't love that word, but like, that is kind of what I want, right? I want people to feel secure in what they want for themselves and that they have the abilities to create that in the world that you can't measure that right like I can't look back and be like well like what are your pain points like what's your temperature did you achieve that vision like there's it's like much more intangible yeah so I think it it does take even longer than when you're trying to create a feeling and connection and support like there's no way to assess that other than asking people how they feel after yeah it's there's a, a story that i heard i think from the richest man in babylon that i read a while okay. back or it's the thought experiment and it's can one dollar make you rich and it's and back in the day it was like can, a, can one gold coin so let's say i give you a dollar are you rich maybe maybe not but I keep giving you one. And let's say I give you a dollar every second and however, you know, speed. Well, at what point are you rich? You know, some people might say, well, when I get a million dollars, okay, well, well, why not 900, 9,099, you know, a dollar less. So a dollar less, you're not rich, but when then you get to a million, you're rich. And it just shows that it's something that's way too specific. You can't define unless you've already gotten that defined. And I think where it comes to emotions and confidence and feeling empowered, which I think confidence and being empowered are kind of the same thing. Yeah. So it's like when it comes to these masterminds or just how, how you can get these sort of intangible benefits that are the most valuable thing I think that one can have. Well, I don't know, hey, I went to three meetings and suddenly I now have the confidence. I'm, I'm gonna take the example from earlier. I'm that high you know, level executive, only woman in the boardroom. I got some dude that's going on for, you know, way too long in the meeting. I'm like, uh, hey, excuse me, thank you. I got to wrap, I got to pick up my kids. This meeting's gone on for two hours. I appreciate it, bye. And to have the confidence to do that, well, you, you couldn't say, yeah, well, I did that because of, I, of three hours I spent with this group. But you know when you get there, right? And so you know that, oh, well, shit, I don't know when it happened, but it was the benefit of all the moments kind of leading up to it. And then you can say, I, I did that thing. I did something maybe that I wasn't capable of doing. That's, I, that, you know, that's why it's so tough with what you're doing of, of, of that tangible yeah. specific, but it's like, hey, we're gonna get you to a point where you can act X, Y, and Z type of thing. I don't know. But no, just... you're totally right. Like it's totally nail on the head because also I don't claim responsibility for that action either. Do you know what I mean? Like if that, like that's a perfect example of the woman in the boardroom being like, hey, gotta go, you're, this is enough. That shit happens, but they don't necessarily, like I'm not necessarily gonna be like, hey, this woman did this because of our group. Like our group played a role in that. And then there's all these other factors too, right? Like you can't necessarily tie one thing exactly to the other. But shit like that happens. Like it's crazy to me to see what these women do when they're in these supportive circles. We had a woman that basically was like, I don't like my job. I realize it's the middle of the pandemic. This is probably the worst time for me to leave. Should I just stay and like wait it out or should I go? And literally it was like mixed between all the other members in the group that they were like, you should say you should leave, right? And she ended up not quitting, but just got another offer and like went to it. So like, 
nothing that we did was like directly like helping her get this other job but just having the place to like work through all the potential things that she could do put her in the mindset of like I just need to be ready for a new opportunity and it's stuff like that that happens when you feel supported you're just gonna approach challenges and take risks in different ways and that's what I want, like, I don't necessarily need you to succeed. I need you to be confident to take the risk. I like that. Yeah. Just, just be confident to, to do it. And yeah, but it's like, yeah, you're, you're, that's going to happen. And it's like, if, Hey, if they're saying that, cool. You, but it sounds like you're like, Hey, I'm not going to take credit for it. You know, that that's going on within your community, but it's like, you're just, you're creating that space for, these things to happen because you can't you know it's like hey here's the door i i brought you the door what are you going to do oh i'm going to walk in it cool you did that you know there's Perfect. a lot of stories and and stuff around you know kind of that same that same concept there's a woman i need to connect you with if you don't already know if you don't listen to any other no no you're very nice but you're not that nice so just blow steam up my butt. Uh, <laughs> the, the first episode, the very first episode I did, uh, Nia Burke. Okay. She's incredible. And that episode was like the easiest one because she's just very open and has cool stories, cool insights on, on all kinds of business stuff. But like what you were saying with the kind of that thing, it, well, she's got a, a, a pole studio here in Richmond and she's like, that's what I do for women. It's like, having a place it's like it's a different it's a different kind of i guess way to do it or group but it's in the end it's like we want people oh it's the same thing yeah it's totally the same thing and that's why i mean i think my background as a fitness instructor also is like the perfect segue into this kind of work right like i just want people to feel awesome about themselves like and it was kind of the same mindset I had when I did have a fitness studio. Like, I don't care about losing weight. I, I mean, healthy, what does that even mean? Like, there's no like measurable outcome that I want for you as my student. I want you to feel awesome. And like, I don't have any control over that, right? Like, mm -hmm. all I can do is show up and be me and do my thing. You're the one in charge of how you feel. So it's, it's really the same thing as what I'm doing now for people in a more professional context, right? Like I want them to feel awesome. And this is the new way that I figured out that I can do that for people. That's amazing. That's a good comparison too with, with the fitness. Well, and what's, yeah. what's interesting, I guess, th with that, but then as a business coach, so going from fitness studio owner to business coach to now. I mean, it's almost that being the common thread of just helping people feel great about different kind of aspects of their life. Yeah. I mean, I was basically a cheerleader in college. I was on the dance team. So I really uh, I wasn't a cheerleader, but I was on the dance team. And like, I think that's just how I've always been. Like, I mean, it can get dangerous into people pleasing, but I think I've got a good hold on this now that I'm, I'm not trying to people please at this point. Cause I recognize that that can be very superficial in that. Like, yeah, when we hang out and you feel better, cause I said something nice to you, like that's one tiny little drop in the feeling good bucket, right? Like I want to give you the skill and the support to feel good all the time, whether someone here is making you feel good or not. Yeah. There's a big difference in that. Because yeah. there's the, I feel good when I'm in this group of people, which is great, but that's right? almost like, uh, you know, that's like being, you know, have, taking drugs, drinking some cold ones, you feel great. And then you're like, well, shit, now I'm by myself and I'm not feeling so good. And similarly, like I can feel good yeah. in the gym or I can feel good, you know, when I'm talking with some reminded people, but like, I want to feel good when I'm like taking the trash out, when I'm like walking to the grocery store, it's like yeah. I just feel good in how I'm walking through life. And that's a very like weird existential thing, but it's actually like very, like that does happen. Like, ah, I feel, like I feel good. I worked out yesterday, stuff's great, but, there, but also you don't even need anything to feel good. And that's kind of the mindset thing that I'm sure, you know, you've, you've experienced like 
yeah. the, 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 what sucks is when you, when you always think you have to feed that good feeling with tangible reasons that, and things, yeah. as opposed to, nah, I can just feel good for no reason. No, like the way I know, like my work is working is when things are going really shitty and I still feel okay. <laughs> That's how you know that you did it right. <laughs> like, man, things are really awful right now or not even really awful, but just like kind of annoying and I'm still okay. Like, I recognize that I have the strength and the skill to get through this thing because I've gone through other things and because I have a place to go when I need help to get through a thing. That makes a big difference. It's like, all right, well, this is one area, but I got the, the feeling of having someone that, you know, someone who's got your back. There's no, there's no feeling like that. Right. And most people don't have that. Yeah. They really don't. Yeah. It's an interesting, do you, do you think that's like, I mean, I don't think it's just because of Rona. I think that's been a thing. Who knows for 15 I mean, something years? I don't know. Especially American culture has a very individualistic approach, right? Like you got to do the work. It's all up to you. You're accountable for everything of yourself, even though there's so many things that affect you that don't have you don't have control over. So I think that's how we're kind of groomed. But some people do. I mean, I know, I know these guys in New Jersey that I like went to college with and they were best friends in high school, best friends in college and still best friends. And I'm like, I see them on Instagram. I'm like, how are you all still getting married? Because I swear that if somebody gets married like every few months, but like they are guys that have always been really close and they always have each other's backs. And I don't know if it's like a bro thing. I mean, they're cool, but like, it's a thing. And I recognize that there are still pockets of that, right? There are still groups of people that are super supportive of each other, but it's it's less common in the professional world. I think even less common for women in the professional world, just because of how the world has existed up until this point. Well, and it's almost, if, if you just happen to grow up and go to high school with like your most equal ideal person, like, that's right. a blessing and a gift. And that's right. amazing. Not everybody, <clears throat> not everybody has that. You know, yeah. I've got, I got some friends from high school, but not many. Yeah. We don't, you know, I, not everyone's got that. So I don't think it's like necessarily a bro right. thing, but I think I, I no, no. Um, about just where we're at. Like that is the American mindset of like, go do yeah. things. And it's great because it's like, you have the freedom to just go and crush it. However you feel fit to do that. But on the flip side, and I think this is what your community space is doing an awesome job of from what you said, and I wish there was more like it of, I think we're also hesitant to talk, hey, here's where I'm not doing so well. Because I think the mind fuck is when people are like, well, hey, I'm this leader, I'm in this good position, I'm an entrepreneur, business owner, I can't talk about how things are not going well. Because how can I be a leader and lead people if, I'm, if, I, if I've got failures? If I'm not perfect. Too? Yeah. And that's where you get these like really shitty managers and treating their employees shitty. And then it's just this trickle down effect. But I, I, I'm hopeful that what's kind of already started and, and coming on the horizon of that's just how business and you know, businesses treat their employees, which I think we're really rapidly moving away from this antiquated nine to five, I own your time model. But just people like being open and honest, like that's what community really is. Like, hey, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, here's somewhere I'm struggling with, can you help me out? As opposed to, yeah keeping it to yourself, people becoming more isolated. I think to me, that's a bummer, yeah. but I think it's a good thing to progress. I mean, it's also so interesting, like what people want to talk about and what they bring to the table, because it's not always professional challenges. Sometimes it's really personal stuff. And I think the same kind of goes that it's rare for you to be able to have both identities in one space that like I can be completely respected as a professional that knows what I'm doing and has really great insights. And I can also be dealing with something really tragic and terrible in my personal life that like makes me feel like a complete failure. And that all those pieces of my identity don't make me any less good at one thing or another. And that is what I, I really enjoy when people bring personal stuff to those groups because they know what they're doing. Like they wouldn't have be, they wouldn't be at the level of their career if they didn't know what they're doing. But that doesn't mean they know everything. And so it's cool to see people be willing to have both sides of themselves showing in the same space. 
Right. Well, because it's what makes someone a, a complete person. I mean, there's there's different sides of you that come out where there's the side of me where maybe I'm talking to a potential client of, or an existing client or whatever. Maybe it's like, I'm. this is Paul, the professional. I'm just going to be doing my thing versus my silly, goofy self with my family. But right, right. one can, can definitely influence the other. It's people think, well, this is like personal, like, well, that personal problem has nothing to do with business. Well, you're the same person, aren't you? You are the common denominator in all those situations. But, and so I think where people try to completely separate them is, is, is no bueno. It's not, not good for your no psyche because you're trying to squash something that is influencing you. If you've got a personal problem at home or with whatever, mm-hmm. that's going to affect your business life whether you want it to or not. Yeah. One of the topics we have been talking about more and more through Rebel, not just in Swell, but in the conference as well, is health and women's health. Because there's just not enough conversations happening in general, but we did this panel at our last event with these really amazing femtech founders. And femtech is kind of a newish term that not a lot of people understand what that is. So it's essentially a founder of a technology company that's specifically solving a women's health problem. So we had three founders who are femtech founders who have technology companies operating in the space of menopause. And it was fascinating to have these conversations because nobody talks about menopause. Like they just don't. Like, you know, women have hot flashes and they get moody. And that's like the full extent of what most people understand about menopause. You know, your mom's probably going to go through it or your grandma or whatever. But there's just, there's so much more information about what that, what happens to a human body during that time. And what was really cool was before that panel, I was talking to a company locally, like presenting at their virtually at their office for their women's network. And I was talking about it. And one of the high, high, high women leaders was commenting in the chat about, I'm so glad this conversation is happening. People really don't understand that this is a medical condition that has significant effect on your ability to work and operate and just like all this stuff. And after the fact, someone came up to me and was like, that woman never talks about personal things at work ever. That is amazing that she would comment that and even acknowledge that she's a human being with a human body. And I'm like, yeah, man, like our health really affects our ability to work and show up to work. But like, nobody wants to talk about that. And not just women will have health challenges in their life while they're working like most human beings will have health challenges while they're working and it's just not discussed and those are the kinds of conversations that I want to keep bringing up and kind of keep pushing the boundaries with because right we're a whole person like all the time I know that's surprising to people but like you don't stop being a person when you're in your office or when you have a suit on or whatever so I think having more open conversations, not just about women's health, but also about like the industry of technology and women's health, which will affect us. Like, it's just cool to like get into it with those kind of people. That's amazing. And that, and, and that example too of like, oh man, I've never seen this person no. open up like that. And I wonder if it's just, it's again, that competitiveness of like, well, if I, if I show who I am and show a quote weakness or, or a vulnerability, mm-hmm. I'm going to get attacked for it. It's a very primal reaction. Yeah. But I think what happens far more often is that people actually accept you because they're like, oh, you're like me. Because everyone's, everyone's got that. It's, and it's like, it's that counterintuitive thing. Well, I don't want to show this because I'll get attacked. But if you show it, not only will you not get attacked for it, you'll be, you know, you'll deepen relationships and you'll, you'll get embraced. And yeah, the, and, the, and it actually becomes very clear. Like, if you want to know who your true haters are, show who your true self is. Most people will will embrace that and love you for it. But then if yeah. whoever doesn't, you're like, all right, well, now I know exactly where how you stand. Well, you know, it's tricky. It all depends on your environment. And like, I know that it looks from the outside, like we're making a lot of progress in the workplace. We shall see. I like know. the jury is still out. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, like, I'd like to still think hold that. a very small percentage of leadership seats in powerful places. So when I see that data change, that's when I'll believe that things are actually changing. Well, I feel like you're going to 
directly helped drive that data. Yeah, which that's, I mean, other than LinkedIn, I'm like pretty isolated from like anything that goes on. And then even LinkedIn is like very unbearable at times, but it's also enlightening to see like, you know, what's going on. I saw a post the other day, a woman's like, Hey, you know, my kids were sick. We were almost working remotely. I was, I was nervous and afraid to like tell my, you know, my boss or whatever that I couldn't be on zoom today. I had to just stay home. I was like, and at first I was like, I don't, again, this is me without having kids. Not, I'm not a mother nor a father. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that, but I'm like, well, why, why would that be? I'm like, well, obviously she thinks that whoever her boss is, they didn't say if it was a man or woman, just like may not understand that. And those are, that seems to be some of the stuff. That and she probably only posted that because they said yes. And they said they it's did. cool. That's right. That's a good point. She, she wouldn't they, have they posted did, yeah. that if she was like, my kids were sick and I thought it would be a problem to not be on zoom. And then my boss was a dick and was like, you need to be there. Don't you have a babysitter? Like, that happens, but people don't post about that. Yeah. They no, come I'm, to my group and they tell me. <laughs> yeah. Which I wonder, I mean, to combat that, it's like just the ever rising tide of like that shit is not fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. like business will go on. And it's not just uh, male leaders and put that into the culture so like I think that is another thing that needs to be clear of like having more women in positions of leadership doesn't solve that problem it helps but it's not it's not the end all of that solution the culture has to change in the workplace which like you said I think it is but we still got to work on it it's not we haven't won the battle yet no (laughs) I I feel that well I can we can keep being vocal on like bullshit cultures that exist <laughs> which again, yeah. I mean that is like where I love being where I'm at but also have to you know I that's how I want to treat people but also like I don't have employees I have contractors that I send right. work to they do a job for me I don't you know own yeah. their time by any means I yeah. so it's almost like the but I there's guess, still a culture in that right like I'm in the same boat, right? I don't have any full-time employees. We had some part-time help before COVID that we moved to all contractors now. But even the, the, the way we work together, as far as like me as a business owner and the contractors, that's still a culture. And it does still affect, I think there's still a ripple effect of how leaders treat the people they're leading, whether it's you're a boss in an office or you're a business owner and you have other people that you work with like it all matters yeah and then maybe is maybe the thing is like the more people realize that that should be the common thing and not well I just you know my boss won't let me take off like what do you mean your boss won't let you take off like if that, that I guess just like people being empowered and knowing like it's either you address the situation and fix it or be confident to leave well how can you be confident to leave you got a surrounding group of peers that have your back, that can help you network, can help you find the next thing, or just help you say like, hey, yeah, that's not normal. Like that's not normal for your company culture to act like that. And we'll just put it all in the culture of, the, of that company. Like that's, that's, not, that's kind of toxic and you may not realize it because it's in there, but you know, yeah, yeah just getting, getting people kind of aware of like, dude, that's, yeah, it's a cultural thing and the, the thoughts and ideas we need, we need, to, we need to fix them. Need to get, yeah. or just swap them in not even fix it just, yeah just be cool yeah. to be cool to people i feel like man that, like this kind of ended on like a, a whole other conversation like man i could we could it's like we started a, like a new a whole we could go another hour just on you know how this goes paul this is uh, why when we hang out we have to block a long time up. well i'm curious we got a few minutes i'm always like to kind of wrap like i'm curious where you see the conferences going a swell you know, we're almost, almost halfway through 2021, but what does the next six to eight months look like for you with knowing that you've already made a lot of changes just in the past, in the past year? Yeah. To be totally honest, I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I've been asked probably daily, like, when are we going back to having in-person events? And I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know how in-person events will play a role in the new business model. 
I know that I want to focus my energy on growing our slow program on getting that to a place where I feel like we can really push the accelerator and scale in the next year or two. But I love our conference. I love seeing our community members in person. So like that's almost from like a personal fulfillment piece of like, I, I want that to still be a piece of what we do. I just have to really be strategic and thoughtful about from a business standpoint, what makes the most sense to invest both time, money, energy, ideas. And what are the things that we want to keep doing to keep the energy going around the issues that are interesting to us? So I don't know if there'll be an in-person event in 2021. I'll have to pull the trigger last minute on that. We are going to have another con virtual conference June 11th, and then we'll have one in November. And from there, we will just have to see what happens. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, I know you, you got to start planning those things like well in advance with like the venue and all the stuff. So, I mean, even though, yeah, I guess you, because if this were 2019, if, yeah. I mean, you probably already would have been, had a date for the fall conference, right? By now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. But we can do shit fast. So I also kind of know like, because we've done so many, like, if we really want to push the accelerator, we can. So we'll see. TBD. Oh, man. Well, Ask me after I've had a cocktail, I might feel differently. <laughs> right now, it's morning time. I'm like, I don't know. See something on Facebook or Instagram of like in-person conference in November 2021. Where I'm like, yes. I know. You won't be the only one. So <laughs> I just got to like emotionally get there and be like, is this what we're doing? Right. We'll right. Yeah. Well, I'm pulling for you, Shannon. I uh, always you. love <laughs> love what you're doing and want to support it every way I can. So, Bamesies, it's really cool to watch your growth in the last year. So, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it's been been a lot of fun actually. 20, 2020 was professionally like pretty stellar. 2019 is pretty tough, but wow. as that goes, as it goes. Tis life, my friend. This is the life we've chosen as entrepreneurial spirits. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a journey. It's in a path to just self-improvement. It's a never-ending adventure. So I, for that, I'm super grateful. Yeah. Right on. Well, always love chatting with you, Shannon. This was absolutely amazing. I'll hit you up when, when we're done editing and we're going to push live and all that. So thank you again. Awesome. Thank you. All right, take care.